And the interesting about Hendrix live, he hardly played any different songs, really. This is a crazy thing. So he released, what, four or five albums in his lifetime. But he only played live a certain catalogue. I can give you some examples. If you find that they're probably a bit too late, but if six was nine is a, is okay. one of my favorites on the okay. Boulder's Love album. Yeah. It's quite a unique one. That's it's a very personal one. Never played live, never. So there, there's just catalogs of songs that he just never played. I, I would one of the questions I would go back to and ask him is what? Why don't you play them live? What, what's what's the go? Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Set Lusting Bruce, your podcast all about Bruce Springsteen, his music, and mostly his fans. I am your host, Jesse Jackson, but we are getting off the Bruce train tonight, though I'm sure he will come up, though we will be driving all night as my guest, James Hammond, is does a travel podcast and is a fan of a certain guitarist that we all respect. James, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Jesse. How are you doing? I am great. Yeah, tell us a little about yourself. Yeah, interesting story, I think. I grew up in England, in Norwich, little city to the east, about two hours from London, 45 minutes from Cambridge. Not much going on, but this is where the music come in. I played, start playing guitar about 12 and then I started playing every day for about two or three hours and then done okay at school, but then got into music college. There's a place called BIM in Nor- in London, Brighton, Manchester, I think now. And that's like a contemporary music college. And essentially I played guitar for pretty much 10 years nonstop, which is like in my bedroom, doing my degree, but also gigging in London and stuff. So that's where the music comes into it. And two people really got me into guitar. The first one was actually not who we're going to talk about but it was actually Steve Ray Vaughan because my guitar teacher gave me pride and joy I was like oh what is this never heard of this before yeah listen to that that got me hooked and then Hendrix came into the scene Jimi Hendrix I was like oh wow this is like a different level and those two got me through my teenage years anyway got my degree sorted got bored and then travel took over really and I've been working and traveling the last 10 years around the world a little bit and I'm now based in Vancouver in Canada all right that's very nice. So I'm going to ask this. My latest musical obsession is Jason Isbell, right? I okay. just I knew of him, yeah. but I had my first chance to see him earlier this year. And so I went in a deep dive just listening and just went, wow. But he talks about that he just, as a kid, loved to play the guitar. So he never thought of it as practicing to him. Mm. It was just, I get to play guitar. Is that a similar feeling to you? Yeah, I would whack on the Pride and Joy album. Yeah. From Seaway Born, try and play it all the way through. Pretty hard. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but but then okay. And then Hendrix had an unreal amount of catalogue. And they're still bringing stuff out now. So you can literally spend hours and weeks just playing his stuff. So I just used to play those two. And maybe a bit of Beatles as well. Beatles would have to come into it. And then Led Zeppelin a little bit too. So they're like yeah. probably the four 
I would say. And then from my era, because they're well before my time, uh, a couple of British bands, Radiohead, Muse, and then American band Queens of the Stone Age. They're probably three from my era that I would like like to listen to and watch. And then my growing up, YouTube started to come in, right? So you can then watch all these people. Was that kind of changed the game as well? Yeah, I just had a young artist on, Jake Thistle, and he talked about that. Um, he's in his 20s, and mm-hmm. he talked about he would just stare at YouTube and watch people perform. And it reminded me that when Bruce and Little Steven talk about in their biographies that they would go to live shows and would stare at the guitarist and seeing how they strummed, how they did their chords, how they played the guitar. And then you would go back later and try to mimic that. And James said, yes, but the beauty of YouTube is you can stop, rewind, stop, rewind. (laughs) Yeah. And unfortunately, Bruce couldn't do that with live. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, what a nightmare. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Did your, was there a lot of music in your household when you were a kid? Oh, yeah. My dad loves the 60s and 70s. So what was he? Ben Mine from the UK. He was in the glam scene, he'd say, and then a little bit of punk because late mm-hmm. 70s, early 80s. And then he was into his sort of, he'd say, a bit disco as well and then into the 80s. But for me, yeah, it was like all 60s and 70s, yeah. constantly on, on tapes back in the day, going back and yeah. forth on that, listening on tapes. And I used to grab a tape, listen to the radio and tape any songs that I like, I guess that's the first illegal download, if you like, <laughs> from the radio. But yeah, yeah, so it was always around. And I had, I just remember always been into it, like Nirvana. My dad said Nirvana were the first band when I was like two or three, where I'm like nodding my head and I'm getting really into it. So maybe it started from there. And then the 90s were great for music as well, I think, in Britain especially. So you've answered this question already, but I'd like to give you a chance to expand. And if you can't expand, that's okay, James. When I have someone who's a Bruce fan or whoever, I always ask, can you remember when you first discovered the artist, so in this case, Jimi Hendrix, and what about it spoke to you? Can you articulate what about his playing and his music articulated, spoke to you? Yeah, I think... There's two parts to Jimi Hendrix. There's the first part of the the music. Yeah. And then the second part is the lyrics. So the first part, I was obsessed with Hey Joe. If, if any guitarists listen, it's like C, G, D, A, E. It's a pretty nice little chord progression. And Hey Joe was, I used to, I used to try and find all the live versions I could because I want to see how he played it and hear it. So musically, that was something my guitar teacher gave me. I learned it pretty quickly because I was okay at guitar. And I started playing it over and over again. But then I think I heard Third Stone from the Sun. It's a Hendrix song. And also Voodoo Child. And when I heard Voodoo Child was different because the music was something I never heard of before. But the lyrics and those probably got me like, oh, what is he talking about? And then I started paying attention to the Boulders Love album, Access Boulders Love. And this album is just trippy. What is he talking about? And I still think today he's one of the most unique lyricists in music. It's just crazy. You can tell whatever he's thinking, he's got it on paper, he's singing it. But I, I don't know what he's on about. And it's the beauty of it. So I think it's the same when I was 13, when I heard those two things, the, the music and then the lyrics, I started paying attention. Yeah, it's probably that, I think. So when you discovered him, and it sounds like you did a deep dive, right? You started looking for Huge. any kind of music you could find. Huge deep dive, yeah. 
this was the days before Spotify and YouTube was in its infancy. So there wasn't much about compared to today. So what that entailed was going to the record stores and trying to find different CDs and see what I can find and then research, oh, is there like a live sort of gig on tape somewhere or on CD? So yeah, I'll just go deep diving. And then once you start getting into it, I got into every song. There isn't many songs I don't like from Jimi Hendrix. That's another thing as well. So I would just research the hell out of him. What can I play? What songs are interesting? Obviously, you draw your favourites, but a huge deep dive. And there's so much for Jimi Hendrix to see. Like C. Ray Vaughan, there's quite a limited catalogue. I think it's seven or eight albums, maybe maybe nine or ten now. But Hendrix had unlimited and they're still releasing today. So I think that was just a never-ending task. It not that odd? Because they both died very young. Mm. But one of them having more of a catalog than the other is a little odd. I would have guessed that Stevie Ray Vaughan would have had more material. Yeah, you would think that, but I think there's a difference. I don't know if this is controversial or not. <laughs> okay. Is that Steve Ray Vaughan is predominantly blues. Yeah, he played with David Bowie back in the day. Yeah. But Hendrix transcends any genre, really, if you look at all the yeah. stuff. And he was a relentless recorder of music. I think he, if he could, back in the day, he would live in a studio, right? He that's why he's built an electric Ladyland in New York. So I think he was planning to live there. So I think you can just probably find tapes and stuff. They probably have got loads and just like slowly released sure. them over time, right? Yeah, so I think endless amount of stuff to come, I reckon. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Hey folks, Stefan Shirazi and Renee Richardson here from the Metallica Report. And we are proud members of the Pantheon podcast family, where the best of music and podcasts unite. We've got something pretty cool for you. We're giving away an exclusive Metallica merch package worth over $250. That's a whole lot of scary guys, skulls, M72, and other sought-after Metallica swag. And we've made it easy for you to win. Follow and share the Metallica Report, and you're in the game. Go to pantheonpodcast.com slash Metallica, enter your email, and hit that button to be entered to win. And just like that, 
you're eligible for our monthly exclusive Metallica merch package. And guess what, Rockers? You can enter every month. So just do it. And while we love our global brothers and sisters, the lawyers won't let us ship outside the U.S. The, um, you know, this is, there are certain genres or musicians that are a blind spot for us. You mentioned before we hit record, you're like, hey, I know who Bruce Springsteen is, but I vaguely, I'm, I'm not much aware of his music. Jimi yeah. Hendrix is one of those guys for me. I just oh, have wow. never okay. spent a lot of time. I will give you, I'll do this early, but I've done this a couple of times with people that have a, when they join me with one of my blonde spites, I'll say, hey, if you want together, put together like a 10 song playlist. Mm. And then later, as we're recording this, it's October. I told you I'm not going to release it to December, but maybe in the new year, you could come back and say, okay, Jesse, you've spent 10, you've spent some time with these 10 songs. Let's talk about it. You could tell me why you picked the song and I could give you my thoughts. Okay. That sounds great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, it helps me to learn, learn new music. And also, I think it's also fun because if you go, wow. I can only give you 10 and obviously <laughs> you, you can you fudge a little, but the yeah. idea is instead of, and some people just say, Hey, listen to this album, Jesse, just like this album is enough, but I yeah. always like to do that. So that's good. So obviously never saw Hendrix live. And I assume based on timing, neither Stevie Ray Vaughan, right? No. Yeah. Too young. Yeah. I think not to get too dark here, but every once in a while, right now, there's a little bit of brouhaha that on Bruce's 2023 tour, he's not changing the set list up much. He's okay. doing almost the same set list right at three hours. It's yep. a very wide range from his career, but mm. people who are used to over the past 10, 12 years... He would only do 60% of the same songs every night. And the other 40% he'd change. Now he's about 90%. And there's a little bit of, for a small percentage of people whining. Like, Bruce, I bought four tickets and I'm seeing basically (laughs) the same show. I, without getting too dark, I go, I don't think Jimmy Buffett's fans right now would complain if he was getting the same set list. I don't think Prince's fans would complain. And you would not care whatsoever on the set list of either young man, right? <laughs> I it's a very good point. And the interesting about Hendrix live, he hardly played any different songs really. Oh this really? Is, this is a crazy thing. So he released what four or five albums in his lifetime, but he only played live a certain catalogue. I can give you some examples. If you try Please. and find that they're probably a bit too late but if six was nine is, a, is okay. one of my favorites on the yeah. boulders love album it's yeah. quite a unique one that's it's a very personal one never played live never yeah so there, there's just catalogs of songs that he just never played i i would one of the questions i would go back to ask him is what why don't you play them live what what's what's the go because like you say bruce springsteen has probably just played every song under the sun and he probably has his favorites right but he's probably played them at least but jimmy hendrix you won't find hundreds of songs that he just haven't played Tens, so, not hundreds. But. Multiple years ago, he released a box set called Tracks, which right. was four al- four CDs, four albums yeah. of all this unreleased material. And there's okay. a lot of that he's never played, right? Right. And Western Stars was an album he put out before the pandemic. 
and he performed it live and they filmed it and made a film about it, Western Stars. Mm-hmm. But he's never played any of those songs live yet, right? So there are pockets of them. But yes, there is enough diversity. And he's 20 plus albums, been out since the 70s. Yeah. Um, I, I think there's all of us that uh, there's all white whales that Springsteen <laughs> fans are chasing. Like, oh, can you play this? That's awesome. Is this... Are you've talked about other bands you're fans of? Are there do you like to go to live shows? Are there other bands that you still enjoy going to see live? Or, okay. yeah, I've uh, seen quite a few bands live. Okay, so here in Vancouver, we get quite a few acts. So I've seen sure. El- Elton John on his never ending lasting tour. Yeah, that interesting guy. I like, I really like two or three songs. Oh, the rest are okay. That might be yeah. controversial, but I know uh, what I'm saying, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I saw him. I saw Paul McCartney come do probably the best gig I've seen. Three hours long, a bit like, a bit like Bruce. Yeah. And Paul McCartney here played, obviously, the Beatles songs, the Wings songs that he done, and his new stuff. But his, I couldn't believe this, his last encore, he'd done two or three, but the last one went real heavy. He played Helter Skelter. He played the James Bond one. I can't remember what it's called now. And it got all dark. And it, yeah. yeah, it got all dark and red. And oh, I was like, bloody hell, this is going to be... It's not like happy clappy Beatles days. This is like dark, <laughs> this is dark, dark yeah. post Beatles. And I loved it. Bit heavy yeah. and yeah, what a show. So yeah. he's great. And then Muse I've seen in Vegas, their favorite of mine from Britain. Mm-hmm. One I've not seen is Queens of the Stone Age. They're on my list. They're touring now. So I'm going to try and match up where I can see them. So yeah, I have seen quite a few bands and I've been to a few festivals, but like, yeah, I have tried to. But the problem I have, and I don't know how I get over this, is I love Muse. And Queens of Stone Age, like rock bands, they're probably two. And I can still see them now. But the rest of the bands in my area, I'm, I ain't that fast. Yeah. I'll see I'll see Paul McCartney because he's part of the Beatles and they're in my right. top 10, right? Unfortunately, Led Zeppelin don't perform anymore. So that, right. there's like a few bands locally I would see if they if they came. But I just wish I was born 40 years earlier or whatever to go and see the, the other acts. But what yeah. can I do? Absolutely. <laughs> so you talked about you had played music for a while worked in that and then got burned out so talk to me about that share with me and then how you started getting the travel bug and then we'll get into your podcast oh yeah so yeah 10 years in so probably left yeah 12 to 22 yeah that's about right so that was a process of practicing every day at home doing the audition doing the music college joining bands and then performing at the college during my degree, but also in my band separately. It was just a case of 10 years, two or three hours every day, pretty much. It just got had enough, just burnt out. And I think it's a hard industry to really get into. It's quite cutthroat. The people aren't very nice, mostly. And it's just, as a guitarist, there's a heck of a lot of competition. You've got to be good, but also savvy and businesslike. And I just wasn't really up for it. I think I was done. And the reason I got the travel bug is because in my second to last year, I went to Australia to watch the cricket. I'm not sure many of you American listeners watch cricket, but I traveled all across the other side of the world to watch cricket. And I landed in Australia and I was like, oh my God, it's a hot place. It's new. It smells nice. There's great beaches. I'm like, what is this place? And I was like, oh, maybe I should come back here and work. So I decided to finish my degree and go and work in Australia for a bit. And then during the same time, I had a girlfriend at the time. And she told me about this thing called traveling. I was like, what do you mean? She goes, oh, three months, I went to Australia, New Zealand, Asia, USA. I was like, oh, I didn't even know you could do that. 
So then it clicked in my mind, oh, that'd be cool, wouldn't it? Go three months around the world. So I started saving money and working during my degree. And that, as soon as that happened, as soon as Australia happened as well, I think that was it. The, the switch was flicked. I just want to get my degree done, but not really care much about the music, unfortunately, uh, from a personal point of view. So then I planned my way out and I went in January 2013, 10 years ago, pretty much. Have you continually, do you work to travel and then you get back to work? Is that the... Pretty much, yeah. 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 I've just been traveling for a year and yeah, pretty much run out of money. So now it's back to working. But I think this is the last time I work, quit job, travel with no income. So now I'm into like podcast travel business mode. So the next time I go traveling, I have an income on the road because you can work from your laptop these days so yeah you should yeah so i'm now into that phase so still travel but a bit more i guess grown up a little bit in your 20s go and do it go and get a work permit in australia new zealand go and work there for a year enjoy the country see it and a bit of money travel yeah but i think after a while starting again gets a bit tiresome so i need to figure that out next yeah i think it is i think that's a very fair thought that you, there's a lot of things we do that when we're younger that we're like, oh yeah, sure. And so, yeah, I could see that. I could see that a lot. <laughs> so talk about the podcast. Why did you decide to, what led you to think about doing a podcast and tell us about your podcast? Sure. COVID is a classic case. I think a lot, maybe a lot of podcasts think this. I'm not sure, but. I think so. Yeah. yeah. COVID stuck, stuck at home, couldn't do anything. And if you're a traveler, a bit of a compulsive traveler like me, I'm a bit obsessed with it. What it's probably the worst thing. If you're oh, yeah. if you're if, if, if you're an introvert and you love playing computer games, it's probably the best thing, right? But yeah, um, even though I'm slightly introverted a little bit, but I thought, oh wow, what am I gonna do? So the next best thing is to talk about it. So I mm-hmm. bought a microphone. I've got up to that point six, seven years of pretty good stories, and I met a lot of people on my travel. So I thought, oh, I think I can get enough people to come on and talk about travel and and have a laugh and have a bit of fun and talk about some places in the world you should go and visit. So I bought a microphone, started it, and it's morphed now into three years later. I do it weekly, so there's a new guest every week. And yeah, it's just done okay. Travel podcasts are not very popular, and there's not many. It's not a popular genre amongst uh, podcast listeners, but there's enough space in there to, to do it, and I'm willing to put it out there. So yeah, I podcast now every week and i've been on my travels last year trying to do it every week like in real time so that's been interesting as well and i've interviewed locally so a lot of lessons learned this year and right now just finished my four-month road trip across canada and usa in my camper van so we're now back in vancouver reflecting on getting some interviews done and here we are so what's the name of the podcast oh yeah i should probably say that shouldn't i it's called a uh, winging it travel podcast okay i also do a sister podcast called the trendy coffee podcast that's exclusively just cafes and coffees I have around the world, only five minutes each week. And yeah, that's more niche. But yeah, my generic mm-hmm. bigger one is the Winging It Travel podcast. Mm-hmm. What? So you decided to start sharing. Tell me what a typical episode's about. Talk about, talk me a little bit through that. Yeah. So I have a range of subjects and different type of episodes. So a classic example would be. I get reached out to quite a lot now for new books. So I have a lot of travel writers and travel journalists come on. Okay. Who are about to release books. So I've got two now, that new ones that I read and one's not edited, one is released already. So I've got two mm-hmm. interviews coming up where 
they release books. And these books could be from anything, like the, the book I'm reading now for an interview in two weeks is this lady, this American lady, I don't know where, maybe 50s or 60s. She walked the GR3 route, which is, or no, so GR5 route from Netherlands down to Italy. It's about, probably about a thousand miles, something like that. Wow. And she walks through it, yeah, just said, it's a great way to see the country. So this book's about that. And I have travel people coming on who are maybe like backpackers, budget travel. Okay. I have YouTubers come on, talk about their travel and how they showcase their travels through video. And also I have some friends that come on that I've met on my travels and we have a bit of a laugh, lots of travel stories, very casual vibe, conversational, and it's long form. I do stick to that because I think it's quite key to get stuck into the guest. Yeah. So yeah, just lots of countries, travel stories and podcasters too. Yeah. Do So what's your favorite way to travel or what is hmm. the mode you're doing now? You mentioned your camper van. Yeah. If you asked me a year ago before I was leaving my travel, I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, I'm into slow travel. No, mm-hmm. it's been too fast this year. Just oh, go yeah. around, around the world like flight, bus, they're really quick. Um, so I think the best way to travel is slow travel. But okay. I need to get better at that. But you can't slow travel unless you have an income, right? Unless you've got a huge pot of money where it can trickle along nicely, but you will run out eventually. Slow travel is hard because you just need that regular income to keep going. Slow, in- slow travel could be you might base yourself in Bangkok for a month. Be, and like you're going to see some places and come yeah. back. I think I know what you mean by slow travel, but tell me what you mean by that. That's a phrase I've not heard before. Okay, so the tr- traditional world might have a job, a career, and they get, what, 10 to 20 vacation days a year. Right. So people would only go away for that short amount of time because that's all they can take off uh, right. because that's what they've got. And they get paid for, obviously, that holiday. So America, Canada's classic. They get 10, 15 days off a year, and that's all you can take. Slow travel, for me, is definition is you are independent of location and an employee. So you're self-employed. You make money on the road. And you don't really have to be somewhere and you can dot around the world, base yourself. And as long as you have internet, you can do your work and then check out the place at a slower pace. Mm, so okay. you base yourself in Bangkok for a month. You base yourself in Vancouver for a month if you want to. And yeah, you can go around the world doing that as long as you have internet connection. So that's slow travel and not being in any rush. You're not time bound, basically. Okay. What has places as you travel that surprised you? How much you liked? Surprise me. Oh, wow. Japan was a, was a surprise. Mm-hmm. Crazy place. Amazing place to visit because it's busy. A lot of people, but the the kindest people you'll ever meet. And there's so much to see and do there. The The bullet train travel was about 300 miles an hour, whatever it is. So you can get to a place pretty quickly. So that surprised me with how good it was and easy it was to travel. And then you got unusual places. So I would say something like Bolivia was a bit of a surprise. A bit more rustic in South America, but the people are pretty funny and a lot to see and do. You've got the Amazon jungle to the right. You've got the salt flats to your left. You've got La Paz city in the middle. You've got the highest, one of the highest cities in the world, Potosi. Got, you can go, go in a silver mine and speak to workers who work in the mine. So real unusual trips there. Yeah. Pretty cool. Where haven't you gone that you want to go? Yeah, this is a question I ask on my podcast. So I would have... My top three is Colombia, Sri Lanka, and Bhutan. Okay. So have you gone to the Bourbon Trail in Kentucky? No. Unfortunately, I missed the 
state of Kentucky on the road trip. So in USA, we've done six weeks, but okay. USA is it's huge. <laughs> like ca- Canada is big, but it's, it's big yeah. in a different way, right? If you right. go north, you're going to see nothing because there's no one there. Right. But USA, you can go all around the country on the mainland. This is, and then this is like oodles of things to see. So we had to prioritize what to see. So we've done like New England, East Coast, down to Washington, drove across to South Dakota to Mount Rushmore, then Yellowstone, then drove to Northern California to Redwood National Park, and then drove up to Vancouver via Oregon. That's roughly our route. Oh, that sounds fun. Yeah, that like a lot of fun. this picture behind me, I, I guess you yeah. won't see this, but that's Harris Beach in Oregon and unreal views. Like the beach yeah. down there is incredible. What is it the, and this site probably is really hard to narrow down, but is it meeting the people? Is it the nature, seeing beautiful scenery? Is it the culture or tourist spots? What, what? is one of your favorites about traveling and i'm sure you enjoy all of it but mm. is there one specifically that you enjoy that's a great question specifically yeah a lot of people are a lot of people get emotional about this question and there's a reason to it but i will answer it's the things that you can see there that you can't see anywhere else if that yeah. makes sense a lot of, a lot of people I don't know, look down maybe on people who travel slow or long term because like so that's all you do. There's no meaning to it because you're just doing it all the time. But if you want to go and see the Redwood National Park, Yellowstone, Yosemite, Zion, and then chuck in Texas, because I love to go to Texas, I haven't been Texas. But you can't see that anywhere else in the world. It's only in USA. Right, so right. it's the things in the country that are unique to it that I love seeing that you can't see anywhere else. And sometimes people need to understand that when you see people traveling, generally they are the same. They've all got the same hopes and dreams, put food yeah. on the table, like have a friendship community. Yeah, we're all the same in that aspect. And I wouldn't expect anything different. And the people are the best because they, local people can tell you really what's going on. But from a pure travel perspective, if you want to go and see the salt flats in South America, you're going to have to go to northern Chile or Bolivia. There's no other way to see it. So I think yeah. it's the unique things in each country, which every country has that I love seeing. And I think that's probably why I'm a bit addicted to it because tomorrow there's a new place I haven't been to where it's got something I haven't seen. So let's go. So what do you think is the most under most misunderstood about someone who, for someone who doesn't travel a lot, what do you think they misunderstand about someone who does travel, has that itchy foot or whatever you want to call it? Yeah, that's a great question. Because I flip it the other way and ask my guests, like, why do you leave to go traveling? Yeah. And I think the answers they give normally is that you've got to go and see other cultures and understand their problems, understand how they do things. Because if you only stay in one place and you think that's the best place or that's the best way to do things, and I think that's a bit dangerous. Yeah. I think you need to have a broader perspective on people's ideas about how things should be done and you can only do that by going to different cultures and you'd be surprised I think a lot of it is fear I think a lot of people would fear to go to I went to Middle East this year for seven weeks and what is the first thing I think Middle East right now is probably the war in Iran, uh, Israel and Gaza right it's probably oh god I can't go there but there's lots of other places in the Middle East that don't have that and you should yeah. definitely go and check them out so I think there's places where people are scared of but if you have never been international then go somewhere easy 
you're from US, if you're from USA and you've not been abroad anywhere, but you think, oh, where should I go? That's a nice way into it. Go to Ireland. Pretty fairly similar to USA. Lovely people. Yeah. One of the safest places. Go to a pub, have a sing song with the locals, have a pint of Guinness. If yeah. you drink, like it'd be a great experience and it might just dip your toe in nicely. But yeah, I think a lot of people just have a bit of fear and they probably don't understand why I want to keep going to different cultures. But I think it's just a learning process, learning different things. Yeah. So do you, what is something that you've learned doing the podcast that you, and, and I know I keep using the word surprised you, but I know for me, as I've been doing this podcast, uh, I'm sometimes surprised at how similar stories are compared to, as I've talked to hundreds of guests, there's a good chance if you grew up in the East Coast, you discovered Bruce Springsteen on a summer camp. That's okay. just that right. that is a theme I see. Either your <laughs> counselor had a Springsteen or a roommate had a Springsteen, right? Yeah. Yeah. Sib siblings is another story. You're either a influencer on your younger siblings or your older siblings influenced you on music. Yeah. So is there themes or something you've seen that kind of surprised you that you didn't as you're getting into the to do this, did you did you see this coming? No, okay. themes, is, themes is an interesting comment because I think if you listen to 10 travel podcasts today, you'll see themes in terms of the same countries that a lot of people go to. Mm -hmm. And I think that can get repetitive. Uh, even now, if someone came to me, I'll give you an example. If someone came to me right now and said, look, I traveled th for three months in Southeast Asia. So that's you know, yeah. people don't know where that is. That's like Thailand, Malaysia, Indonesia, Laos, uh, Vietnam. And sort of Singapore, that area, I'd say, sorry, mate, I've done like 10, 12 hours on it. Like, I understand people's stories would be different because it's unique to them. And I do love that. But sometimes you just need to break away and maybe talk about a different place mm. um, because that can get a bit samey. So there are themes in terms of that where the recurring countries come up, which I'm not against. Yeah. But I think there's so many out there that you can talk about. And that's where, I guess, a bit of research comes into and maybe you can pitch to talk about one country. But yeah, I think themes are just like areas of the world. So mm -hmm. yeah, I'm never against it. I'm just saying that there's a lot of content out there. If you want to hear about Thailand, you're going to find a lot. That's the way it is. Great place to visit. Don't get me wrong, but yeah. a, lot, a lot of people have been. And I guess the other thing is, I would think some of the more, yeah, as you mentioned, Ireland, some of the places in the States. So yeah. You've shared where you haven't got to go that you still want to. Who have you, what area have you not had a guest about that you would love? Like if someone emailed you and said, hey, James, I want to talk about blank. You'd go, yes, let's book you right away. Oh, yeah. I haven't had, Africa's a bit of a hole in my podcast as okay. a continent. There's so many countries there. The latest episode actually talked about Ivory Coast and Tanzania. So West and East Africa. And that's, that was new for the podcast. But I would love someone to come on and talk about, let's say, somewhere. Oh, no. Yeah, I, I've got quite a few countries on the list now. But like in terms okay. of coming on, I'd say that sort of northwestern corner of Africa, like Senegal, Gambia, Burkina yeah. Faso, Mali, Togo, Togo, sorry. That area of the world, I've not had much at all. So that's like a that's northwestern part of Africa. And also... I haven't had much. There's extreme places where you don't get much content on. So 
there's all these little islands that people never heard of, like Tristan da Cunha, which is like the most remote island inhabited. So I'd love to talk about that place with someone. And yeah, that just think of the non-mainstream countries. There's so many countries in the world you probably know, don't know much about. It's probably them now right. for me because I've, I've covered a lot of the world. Yeah. As you're traveling, is it Hendrix or Vaughn on the road trip song? Your playlist? <laughs> Depends on my girlfriend, right? Ah, <laughs> uh, good point. Good point. Uh, let's say the road trip we're just done. But yeah, not Steve Vaughan. I think Hendrix because he's got an eclectic mix of tracks. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Hendrix is definitely on the playlist. And then personally, I go through phases. Like I haven't list, I don't I haven't listened to Steve Wayborn for what for a while now. I'll go through a phase with artists. But Hendrix is always on there. I just yeah. Every not every day, but most days he would be on there because there's a different song that I'm one of those that sit there and analyze it and not really listen to it. I'm like, oh I don't I don't realize that was in there. So yeah, Hendrix is on the list as always. One of the things that I will smile at when I'll see on social media. If you could, if you're on a desert island, you can only have one band. What will it be? And I'm like, what's Springsteen, <laughs> right? That's not even a hard question. I would miss. I'm a huge Brian Wilson fan, the Beach Boys, yeah, John Hyatt, as I said, Jason Isbell. But if you're telling me I got to have one, I'm okay with Bruce. I don't get tired of Bruce, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. I think Hendrix is mine, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. yeah. Not really a question, but I was going to share a story with you. Three years ago, February of 2020, I started a new job with a company that did roadside assistance for the RV industry. Yeah. I worked for them. And so I was in their customer service center. And so I was meeting every employee. And one of the questions I asked was, if you only had one song to put on your road trip, your playlist, what would it be? And and I gave him some time to think about it. And then I put everyone's choices on a Spotify and sent it out. Here is our CoachNet roadside. Here's our CoachNet road trip playlist. Uh, Could you pick one? My song wouldn't be Hendrix. Okay. I do have some weird tastes. And this is going to be a real out there song. But I would have the theme from a summer place by percy faith ah why the tv show is it back yeah. in the 50s was it tell I me i love that song it's probably my my top three in no order like i just can't stop listening to it and if people are like i don't know what it is chuck it on because for me it just it thinks to me what do i think of like an island in south pacific palm trees beach no care in the world nice warm water with some friends it's just got that fu- that vibe and feel for me. So it's the theme from a summer place. That's the song I'm choosing. That could change every day, but right now it's sure. that song. I love that answer. I'm going to send you a couple of links to Bruce has Back in Your Arms, which is an unreleased, which talks about, he says, when you've really messed up, you've got okay. to beg. Yeah. And then Drive All Night, which is, yeah. yeah. And so, of course, I do love the person that says, Bruce. There's Zappos now. You don't have to drive all night to get her shit. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> oh, uh. So, James, what haven't I asked you that I should? I'm going to get to the Mary question in a minute. But is there anything I should have asked you that I haven't? No. No, you, you covered a lot of bases, yeah. Uh, what, what about the 10 songs of Hendrix to listen to? What about that? 
Yeah, I'd love that. Email me and let's yeah. do that. And I let's and we'll set something up. And but, and that would be a lot of fun. I think because this is a true and I it's one of those things like I often hear people say, I understand Bruce is everywhere. It's just something I've never gotten into. So I understand that universally people will talk about that Hendrix is just one of the best guitar players ever. So yeah, please send me a list. I'll create a Spotify playlist. I'll listen to them and get to know them. And then I'll reach back to you and go, hey, James, I'm ready. Let's set up a time and we'll talk. That'd be a blast. Yeah. And if people want to hear my list, I can just I can rattle out 10 now you should listen to. Oh, okay. You're going to have to email me because I can't type that fast. I'll, e- yes. yeah, no, I'll email you. But if people okay. listen, oh, what, time, what 10 would James listen to? In no order, just I think te- these are 10 good starts. Is Wind Cries Mary, Voodoo Child, Red House, uh, Hey Joe, v- um, If Six Was Nine, uh, Axis Boulder's Love, which is the album, but Boulder's Love is the tune on that album. Castles Made of Sand, Easy Rider, Hey Baby, and Angel. There are 10. That was awful. Were you thinking of that while I was talking, or you just knew that right offhand? I was thinking about it a little bit during the episode, but I was like, I was thinking in my mind, oh, yeah, there's reasons for each one of those. And they span from the first release to right at the end, where he didn't get to release his last album because he died. That got released, Hey Baby, for example, was the last song on the last album that he was working on. I just think it's quite poignant. Great song, but a bit sad. Yeah, knowing but that. Yeah, I, I would say those 10, because they cover a nice array of uh, a bit of heaviness, a bit of weird trend, like weird hippie stuff, but also love song in there. Yeah, just covers all bases. I, that, I'm looking forward to that. That'll be great. I really appreciate <laughs> it. All right. Be thinking about how people can reach you. But before that... I end every podcast with the Mary question. So Jay Armstrong, who is now retired, has a book coming out. He did have coming a book out in uh, October 1st, or no, November 1st, as we're recording this. Like I said, it's going to come out in December. But Jay, when he was a high school teacher, he would give his students the lyrics to Thunder Road, and they would read it as if it was a poem, and he would discuss the imagery Bruce uses. He would talk about the themes Bruce explores. And then he was asked, he'd, he would ask his class, does Mary get in the car? So that is your question, James. Does Mary get in the car at the end of Thunder Road? 100% yes. Okay. Yeah, he's re- he's got his guitar. He wants to take that long walk. He's going. He's getting her out there. And if she has any sense, let's go. I love it. Of course, <laughs> as someone who does a travel podcast, I would be shocked if you had said, nah, she stays home. Yeah. <laughs> she, she doesn't want to explore anything. Yeah. 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 That would be uh, against my message and mantra for my podcast. Yeah, so. absolutely. Yeah. All right, James, if someone wants to reach you, how can they? If someone reaches out to me, I am available on social media. So Instagram is probably my most used. So okay. You can put, type in two things here James Hammond Travel. Or Winging It Travel Podcast. I think both will get you to my page. Uh, my email is jameshammondtravel at gmail.com. I'm also now on YouTube, so I'm getting into that world. So that is Winging It Travel Podcast. You can find that on YouTube as well. And yeah, each of those things has got my link tree. So there's other stuff yeah. on there that you can access. So Good. All right. Well, I will include all that in the show notes. Thank you. Um, this was a lot of fun. Yeah, it's great. I, I love music because I... 
it was my first mm, second love i loved football first soccer football yeah. but yeah like it's the important part going into adulthood i think it was the number one thing i was obsessed with playing guitar i didn't go out just love playing it so it got me through yeah pretty much the end of my degree at university and then i was off but very important part i studied music and like everything about it i've looked into so i do have a slight range of topics to discuss about it so i do get stuck in now and then but yeah hendrix is the one to go for it's what a guy i love it thank you those are wonderful final thoughts so everyone go check out the um, youtube channel instagram i will include all the links in the show notes check out the podcast uh, i know i'm going to sounds like a lot of fun we're going to end with a summer place is that it's anywhere when two people share all their hopes all their dreams all their love there's a summer place where it may rain or storm yet i'm safe and warm in your arms thank you james thank you listeners be kind be safe We'll talk to you soon. Goodbye. Thank you. There we go. Another episode. I'm about to go through a couple of things where you can reach me and give me feedback. Um, so if you want to skip this, I understand. But I do hope you check it out every once in a while. I'm available on Twitter at Jesse Jackson DFW. The show is available at SetLustingBruce. You can send me an email, setlustingbruce at gmail.com. You can send me a voicemail at 469-249-2442. I am currently doing a few other podcasts, Perfectly Good Podcast, John Hyatt from A to Z, where Sylvan Groth and I discuss every John Hyatt song in alphabetical order. My Babylon 5 podcast is Last Best Hope for Conversation, where Lou, Karen, and I discuss every episode of Babylon 5 in chronological order. I still am doing Next Stop Everywhere, the Doctor Who podcast with my brother in time, Charles Gaggs. And then finally, How Many Podcasts, the only podcast on the internet that counts, where my buddies and I discuss pop culture. You can go to our Patreon page and support the podcast for as little as a dollar a month. You can go to our Facebook page, like, and please, please go to iTunes or wherever you get your podcast and leave a five-star rating and review for all of the podcasts that I'm doing. It's okay if you don't listen to them, but if you subscribe and rate, it really will make my day better. Thank you, and I will talk to you soon. You just heard the fun talking, hard rocking, music loving, album ranking, fan thinking, joy spreading, lyric reading, story sharing podcast that is the one, the only, said Listing Bruce. The theme for Set Lessing Bruce was written by David Rosen, used by permission. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.